Would you like to reach hundreds of thousands of athletic subscribers? <laughs> Who wouldn't? Our lot are great. They're intelligent. They have demonstrably long attention spans for all of those long reads. And that means they're almost certainly the ABC ones you're looking for. Imagine your brand front and centre on the Totally Football Show, or Talk of the Devils, or Football Clichés. You can advertise with us now. Our highly skilled and effortlessly charming commercial team are waiting to hear from you, whether you want a single ad on View from the Lane or full title sponsorship on our Women's World Cup show. We've got something for everyone. Contact partnerships at theathletic.com. That's partnerships at theathletic.com. The Athletic. Hello everyone and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. On today's show, Jack Serres from Sports Interactive returns with the final instalment of our Tactical Masterclass. RDF Tactics has passed a fitness test, so he's back with us. And we catch up on your progress in Season 2 of the Sheffield Wednesday Community Challenge. So let's get started. Over the past few weeks, we've been undertaking some tactical masterclasses designed to give the listener a clearer understanding of how tactics work in Football Manager 23. We've been through the beginner and the intermediate phase, and please do feel free to go back down the podcast feed to find those episodes if you haven't heard them, because... Let's face it, what you're about to hear might make absolutely no sense. If you're ready, strap yourself in, because we're moving it up one notch, and we're having a look at advanced tactics. And in order to do that, Jack Serres from Sports Interactive is with us again. Jack Serres, welcome back to the Football Manager Show. Thanks, Donny. Hey, it's a pleasure. And you know what? This is actually your third appearance on the show which means we're dusting off an accolade we've not used in this new era of the Football Manager Show. Welcome to the executive bathroom, sir. It's been a while since I've heard that. It's been a while. <laughs> Beautiful. Jack, you are now officially a friend of the show. How do you feel? It was that my hat trick gift, was it? Yeah, thank you for having me back on and uh, loved it. Yeah, in, in real life, you get to keep a football, but in the football manager show, you get to use the posh <laughs> toilet. So there you go. Now, previously, we've looked at how to make a Christmas tree formation and we've looked at how to make a really great 3-5-2. That was both for... Uh, beginner and then intermediate but now we're unlocking expert mode and we want an completely unnecessary insane over-the-top tactic that's what we're going to be looking at today one that would be a thing of beauty if it works but very susceptible to completely falling apart okay so to start us off then what style are we going to play with 
I think the ultimate thing, when people think of complexity in real football, they think of Pep Guardiola. That seems to be the one person that people's mind goes to. So I think if we're going to pick a tactical style, we're going to, I mean, I don't know because he hates the term tiki-taka and it's wrong. So I don't think we should do that for Pep if we can avoid it. If we go control possession, let's make him happy. Let's go with that. Yeah, I think like a 4-3-3 would be, would be nice move, like a positive mentality though. Switch that up, makes me feel better about it. If we look for a preset, that's what I would start with right there. Okay, so again, so we are going to confirm we are essentially, because we are trying to do something a bit a bit out there, we're going to look to sort of recreate something similar to what, to what Pep does these days. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if we want to go complexity, do we want to start at the back first? And I think that right off the bat, let's just get into it. The most aggressive role that we've got is sweeper, keeper on attack duty. Let's just get that right away there. Nice. Take more risks and dribble more. The one thing, though, to, to put like a caveat on this is that if you were to use this role, especially when your team's high in the pitch, which they're going to be if you're playing a pep kind of style, that when the other team counterattacks with like a long ball, he's going to be prone to running out from goal and it can cause potential mistakes from him, especially if you're down, lower down the leagues and you've got a goalkeeper with no positioning of below 12 it, and maybe some, you know, concentration, other issues, then it, you might cause yourself a few problems, but I would definitely start off with that if we want to go extravagant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should say as well, by the way, if you're, if you're listening to this already and going, sweeper, keeper on attack, that seems a little bit a little bit dangerous. Don't worry, you can go back and re-listen to all of the other previous episodes to get to this point. So we're going to go past our our sweeper, keeper on attack, okay? Now, let's look. We've got uh, we've, we've set ourselves up with a 4-3-3. Jack, what are we going to do then with these uh, these sort of tactical elements within our back? Four? Five? Three? Two? Where are we going to go with this? Well, on the tactics screen, it's going to say a four, but we're going to turn it into effectively uh, maybe two or three, depending on how far up the pitch we are. So for the left back, let's go complete wing back on support. Let's get let's get up there straight away. Now, why complete wing back? Because complete wing back not only does it have stay wider, which is which is good if you want to hold some width, but it has grown from position. And that means he's more able to go and take positions that maybe other wingback roles don't take. So I'm a big fan of having a complete wingback and an inverted wingback as my two fullbacks. I might have given away what the next role is going to be, but yeah, that's a, that's the <laughs> two that I would have gone for. So for the left back, I would definitely go with, with that. And if we go to the right back, because I've said it now, let's go to inverted wingback for the right back. And the reason in will become more clear when we get to the midfield roles and how they sort of blend together. But I'm a big fan of this from a starting point. Excellent stuff. So can you explain then, so why why would you go with, obviously we're going to talk about balance and counterbalance as we go through, but you, why an inverted wingback, I suppose, is the first question. Well, inverted wingbacks were in the game for quite a few years, but this year we've made a bit of a change to them, especially in the latest, the latest update that came out. Now, what they tend to do is they tended to go a bit narrow too early, we felt, and now what they'll do is they'll hold their width a little more, a bit more like a Kyle Walker or a Cancelo type player, and then they'll invert late on. So it's more about what they do once you get past the first third and where they go after that. So it's really important how they blend with what's ahead of them rather than just what's in the back line. So what we're going to do is when we change this tactic in a second to be maybe a bit more creative than just a standard 4-3-3, he's going to end up covering for somebody else a bit further ahead of him. Okay, so moving slightly to the pitch, are we leaving our, our centre-backs as both central defenders on defend or are we putting something crazy in there? <laughs> Oh, let's let's put a ball playing defender at least one in. Um, let's put him on the yeah left side's good. That works out well. Yeah, I think that fortunately with the we can't use the Libra or the wide centre back for the back four. <laughs> Otherwise, we would love to throw one of those in there. But maybe uh, maybe maybe in the future. But if but now we can't, so we have to stick with those two. And then moving slightly further uh, up the pitch um, into that midfield role. 
So the pivot roll, the CDM four, I don't know how you want to call this. I'm going to call it a pivot. I think that's the most accepted term that we that we, yeah. that we have, at least in the coaching world anyway. For, for a pivot player, let's just go, let's go with a halfback. Let's just go with a halfback. Oof. And again, this isn't like a pep specific recreation for this year. It's more about for what we're going to be doing later on for the rest <laughs> of this tactic. We'll sort of give it more protection. It's more about trying to get us out the pitch, maybe with the third centre back while the two wing backs go slightly wider and higher. And the most important thing though is once we get to the final third, he should definitely be holding for the rest of the team to be more aggressive, which is what they're going to be in a second. I was going to say, does the halfback influence any other position? So once he drops back, is he encouraging anybody else, for an example, a fullback to advance higher up the pitch? So there's always potential knock-ons. The main one, obviously, is the centre-backs. So it's effectively going to turn your defenders into a back three when they're playing out. That's the sort of position that it would end up happening. It would have the most impact on your two-side centre-backs. And if you want to create like a back three in possession... That's the role that you probably want. It's the only role that will really get that view properly. Deep line playmaker defend can trigger that same behavior at times as well, but mainly the halfback will always, nearly always trigger that. So that's the, that's the one you want to go for. If you've got the halfback dropping, why would you not consider playing a wide centre-back at that point then? Because would the wide centre-back go out for the halfback to drop into? Or is it just is it would it just not work? Is that why you've sort of gone with a ball-playing centre-back and a, and a standard centre-back on defend? If you click on the, if you right-click on the, the ball-playing defender here, and try and select wide centre-back. Unfortunately, the game won't let you select um, it in a back two. So when the half-back selected, we can't have that selected unless we put him in. So if you wanted to, you could potentially move the half-back into the back three, like from the start. Maybe in some, maybe in some games you do this, right? Maybe some games you think, do you know what? I'd rather start off with a complete three and have my two wide centre-backs really aggressive. Maybe you do just play him as a centre-back and then you can change your side centre-backs to wide centre-backs. So that could be something that you've made a tactical change there. Your tactics stay exactly the same. Your philosophy stays the same. But what we'd say, maybe your game model is what we'd call it. Maybe the coaching world maybe changes a little bit for that game. But your, your whole tactic, everything else stays the same. All you're changing is your your CDM is going into your back three. But everything else stays exactly the same. And in, in FM, it would mostly play similar as well to that. Maybe the wing-backs, maybe the inverted wing-back would, um, would be more noticeable without the, the pivot there. So moving up the pitch, moving up the pitch. Half-back is locked in. Uh, what have we got in front of him? Yeah, let's get more creative here. Let's, for start, let's go to the right centre mid and let's push him up to the attacking midfield slot. Ooh. Some people say strata, but again, that's another contentious word that some people don't like to use in FM. <laughs> I've seen that criticised a lot. So let's just use slot for now. Uh, let's change him to an attacking midfielder or let's go shadow striker attack. Do you want to be creative here? Let's go shadow striker. Now, what you'll see here now is the reason we've gone with this is we can afford to have him be as aggressive as, as aggressive as we like because the inverted wing back on support is going to move almost straight next to the central fielder there. So as the play goes up, that's it exactly like that. He's going to end up being almost next to the to the box box fielder at times. So we can afford for him to be to be more aggressive and uh, and go there. What we could do if you if you select the centre back on defence there, Aaron, then put edit on the player instructions. We can be creative here and throw in a stay wider instruction on him so that when the inverted wing back starts to go narrow, he now goes slightly wider than he would do ordinarily but again it's about it's about trying to balance it all out it's about you can create chaos and the tactics creator but still have it balanced if that makes any sense at all organized chaos That's like <laughs> <here>. organized chaos <laughs> okay so um i must have i'm a big fan of the shadow striker as well this year i'm really really enjoying uh seeing how they yeah. work so so you've got that shadow striker are we sticking with the uh 
are we keeping the box-to-box midfielder on support as well? Slightly, slightly off-centre, asymmetric, I believe. Yeah, this is what they would call asymmetric. When we've got you know one one um, one player off offset a little bit, we could we could keep him there. We could move him to the middle. It depends what you want to do with this. We could move him to the middle, make it a proper sort of asymmetric <laughs> sort of sort of tactic if you want to do that. We could do that and put Roman playmaker on him. Oh yes, let's do that. I was hoping you. I was hoping it's going to be a Roman playmaker. I was hoping <laughs> the playmaker roles. What they're going to do is seek out the ball more than what they're. To, to their position is at the start, right? So with that, although it looks like those two are in a vertical line, I'm pretty sure what you would see when you play out the matches is the halfback would drop into the back three and the Roman playmaker would move left to right quite a bit. So from an in-possession perspective, I don't think this would kill you as much as it might look on on the surface. Out of possession, you've got a lot of space between the sides <laughs> of them. So that, that could be a slight issue for you. But yeah, in, in possession, you might get some really nice creative build-ups that you weren't expecting because you've got three, well, four creative roles there. You've got a halfback, a playmaker, and then complete wing back with inverted wing back. That would give you some really nice playing out shapes. It may not be consistent and get exactly <laughs> the shapes that you want, but you get a bit of chaos in there. You put, it, it, would, it would work at times, maybe not every time. And and so by so by putting the the Roman playmaker in the center just above the halfback, that's how you get those 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 uh, those player movements. What would happen if you kept him in that uh, one slot to the left or one slot to the right, where it was sort of the default position for a for a, for a two, for example, in midfield? Uh, what would you lose? Would the inverted wing back come up and offer a bit of cover, or is it just wouldn't really necessarily play out like that? If he's on the left, there, there's there's a couple of things that would be maybe be slightly better structured out of possession in possession. What you would lose is he'd be more restricted to one side of the pitch. He still would roam, which is like in the name, but he wouldn't maybe roam as much horizontally as he would if he was dead in the centre, especially on building out from the back, I'm thinking more, rather than attacking, I'm thinking more in the build-up, but also where he positions himself in the final third. He, If he was offset to the left, he'd be a lot more in that sort of half space, right, instead of just down the centre of the pitch. So you'd, you'd lose those two things. But uh, yeah, it's always trade-offs, isn't it, in the tactics creator? Okay, so that's the midfield areas done. We're starting to move up the pitch a little bit. That shadow striker looks a bit lonely right now. <laughs> He's got three players that are going to be, be playing alongside him. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with this a bit crazier at the top? Okay, so I think we'll start off with the left winger there. Let's change him to an inside forward attack. Now, the reason is the inside forward will start a bit wider during the build-up, but then he'll start to move more central. So what we've got there is a clear gap and a load of space for him to move into. And I think at times as football manager fans, what we tend to do is to try and get as many attacking players as possible high at the pitch and pin oppositions back. But I think that the, the problem with that in FM is, is you end up just bottlenecking the space for your top players. So if you've got a really good player, maybe creating a tactic that does have an isolated area of space for him might make might bring out the best in him, especially top, top players in the game, like, like a Messi, uh, somebody like that, right? Yeah. So I, that's what I would start off with first. Hmm. Okay, so that's our left side. Uh, we've then got that little gap, that little one one space gap. Then we've got our shallow striker. Then over on the right-hand side, are we leaving him winger support or are we doing something something different again? Well, what we're going to do here is we're going to move him back, moving back to the midfield line next to our own playmaker. And I think here we go with defensive winger support. Oof. Now, despite the name, <laughs> it, which people sometimes get confused about, it says defensive winger, but if you if you click on it for a second, Aaron, what you'll see is it says the defensive winger aims to press the opposition fullbacks to win the ball back as high as possible at the pitch. So if we're playing a, a pep style and we want to win the ball back high up, this would be something we might want to look at. Um, and for the purpose of this, we're going to use a defensive winger and that's going to, I think, blend really well with the shadow striker. Again, so what we've got here is we've got space for the defensive winger, we've got space for the shadow striker. We're getting players to sort of stay in their positions and allow them to have as much space as possible and then express themselves. So we're thinking that we're using a top team with this tactic, right? You've got, or at least a team that's better than the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> is what we're trying to create here. 
Okay, so defensive winger on support, excellent. That's, not, that's a role I've not used a lot of, I must admit, so I'm already thinking about this one now. And then up front, advance forward on attack, that's not going to stay as advance forward on attack, surely? No, I, I mean, there's many different ways we can go with this. And I think that to make you happy, Tony, let's put a pressing forward on defend. Ooh. Let's, let's yeah. go with that. <laughs> I found this role by accident and I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> We're going to show you in a second why we're going to use this role and how we can easily change this to change our pressing traps, which we can move into in a second. So I've designed this a little bit in mind of what we're going to do and how we're going to trap the opposition in. But the pressing forward defend is a role where you can have your defensive set up however you want it. But he's traditionally going to look to like sort of sit on the opposition CDM, opposition pivot, however you want to call it. And he's not going to traditionally press as much, but in possession, what he's going to be really good at is being a massive outlet to get onto the ball. Yes. So maybe here the roaming playmaker and him may clash a little bit at times, but what would happen traditionally is by the time the Roman playmaker is starting to get to really sort of advanced positions, the pressing forward would probably move into the forward line by that point anyway. So they probably shouldn't clash too much. Yeah. It would probably work better if the Roman playmaker was offset a little more base, but we're going to keep it as it is for the purpose of this. So are you thinking something like a sort of Patrick Bamford under Bielsa? Would that sort of be the, the reference at that point, pressing forward and defend? Or? Yeah, Bielsa and Guadalupe are good managers to think of. If you were to imagine... Pep go into the lower leagues now, like, and he had you'd need maybe a striker like a Bamford that worked really hard, can hold up the ball, does have pretty good movement. And yes, yeah, so we're sort of utilizing the role. Maybe now we're not looking as much about just using a top team. We're using, you know, if you had, if you wanted to play that kind of football, but you only had certain profiles of striker, what would be the best way to get out of them? Maybe you use this where you can get the the pressing stuff out of them and you get them to hold at the ball. It's, it's like almost where he's going to, in possession, he's going to be playing like a false nine, yeah. but he's going to be a lot more central and be able to be a lot more conservative with, with what he does on the ball. So he's not going to be trying to maybe dribble too much, but he's going to be holding it up and linking the play, which is what you want from like a, Maybe like a Bamford type striker in the lower leagues of England. Yeah, yeah, that's that is good. That's a good. That's a good call. That I like that. Bamford's a good shout. There's one thing I've noticed. Yeah, I, is, I, 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 uh, sorry, Tony. One thing I noticed as well is balance. Even though we're going for something a little bit crazy and a little bit out there, there's still a bit of balance. So you would notice the inside forward. He's dribbling more. He's taking more risk. The shadow striker dribbling more, taking more risk. The Roman playmaker taking more risk. And then you've just plumbed that pressing forward on defend, and he's going to be the safe option. He's going to allow Fane to keep ticking. He's going to hold his position. He's going to take fewer risks and hold up the ball. So again, you've got some nice balance and then you're going to, you're going to have the shadow striker running off someone holding up the ball. The inside forward as well, running off someone holding up the ball. So there is some nice balance in the final third there. I think just for the next spot, let's move the Roman playmaker as well to left centre mid. Let's just make sure it looks a little more balanced because to be honest, we've still got the asymmetric aspect yeah. of it with the... Uh, with the wingers and with it, whether the players are offset. I think for the next bit, though, let's, let's use this version, if we call it that, of it, just for how it's going to affect the pressing in the, the out-of-possession part of it in a second. Okay, so yeah, so that's our, so that's our shape. That's our shape. Um, for those listening via audio, we've got, we've got a flat back four, and then we've got a kind of double diagonal stripe, essentially, of, uh, of, of players. So imagine that in your head. That's where we are. So nothing, nothing's flat by the back four, uh, <laughs> theory, if you look at it. Um, the game's already categorised it as a positive 414 DM asymmetric AML. Yeah, he's confused as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's where we are. That's where we are. It's not quite the, the throw the jigsaw pieces up in the air sort of formation that we have seen. So that's our setup. Okay, now let's go a little bit more in depth. Let's start looking at some extra bits of magic so we're going to talk pressing traps love this right so i think the first thing we should do is click out of possession and just double check we've got everything selected that we want so we're going to trigger press let's change that to more often even more let's go even more up yeah let's do that uh everything else looks good 
And let's have trap. What should we go for? Let's go trap outside to make it. I think it's the simpler way to explain it. And let's click get stuck in on as well on tackling. Now, the reason for that is one, I want us to press high. I want us to set a few traps here and I want us to make sure we've got every sort of instruction possible set on trying to wing the ball back. So I'm thinking more maybe Bielsa under Leeds, especially in his first season, something to that nature. But I think that's that's a good starting point for us. But that, that looks pretty good to me. So if we go back to the tactic screen. So just now, to confirm, Jack, we've, we've, yeah, we've nudged that press up to full as well, haven't we? If we just click back on that, Aaron, just for us there. So we've, we've, we've put the trigger press up as full as we can. We've, we've clicked the get stuck in button under tackling and we've clicked trap outside under pressing traps. Just obviously filling in for our audio listeners as well, who are, just to make sure that we know exactly where we're clicking. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and then if we look at the, the shape of the team, so for people listening, it's basically a 4-3-3 in your head still out of possession is what it's going to look like because we've still got two wide players, we've still got three central field players, one striker and four defenders. It's still roughly the shape it's going gonna, it's gonna to defend him. But um, in when you're coaching a team, especially a team that's looking to press high and set traps, one common thing that you see from high-pressing teams is how the striker offsets. So what that means is that rather than defending the centre and dropping onto a DM or to try and screen, what he does, he moves onto a specific centre-back and locks them in and forces them to one side. So if we imagine, if Aaron, if you move him to the what, move him to the left, yeah, that's it there. If you imagine that the pressing forward for people watching this and people listening, he's moved on to the opposition right centre-back here, right? So he's on our left, but they're right. And he's just standing on him from the goal kick saying, you, goalkeeper, you can pass this to the left side, but not to your right. So what he's doing to the team is he's indicating the pressing trap's going to that side and it's not going this way. What that allows you to do is to move all your players over and compact into one area. So in FM, we can't specifically ask the players to do that, but there is a way you can create it. And that's why he's a pressing forward defender, as we'll get into here. So if we click on the player and we go to edit, and if we go down to, you see two options at the bottom here. We have mark specific player, mark specific position. Now, both of these options here uh, are what we're going to look at. Now, this is not something that traditionally a lot of people do because I think that either they don't understand fully how it works or they feel like that it's too literal. Like you'll see sometimes after set pieces, the player may follow. But if we click on mark specific player, let's see who we've got next. Who's the next game? (laughs) Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, right, perfect. So... Uh, they're playing a back through, which doesn't help us. Let's go <laughs> for this purpose. Mark, Mark, Matt Doherty. That, Mark Matt Doherty. That's the only instruction oh, yeah. everyone's got. Mark, Mark him constantly. <laughs> for, the, for the purpose of explaining this, we'll, we'll ignore the player. We'll go straight to position. Let's go to Mark, Mark specific position. So the striker's on our left and their right, which is sometimes hard to think about in your head when you're doing this. But the striker's on the left striker. So we need him to mark defender centre right. That's it. Click it right there. And then click OK. So what we've just done there is we've now set our striker to man mark the the right centre back at all times out of possession. But at set pieces he will still do his own set piece duty, but then once it's an open play he will go and stay on him. So what that does then is it forces them to the left. And who do we have there? We have got our shadow striker right there. So what we've done is we've created almost like a four four two shape as it were, and the 4-3-3 in possession by the way we've got it set up and the roles. And then also on the right-hand side, we've got a defensive winger, and, and it says in defensive winger's duties and responsibilities that he's going to press the back high. So we're forcing them to the one side, and now we've got their right centre-back covered, their left centre-back covered, and their left-back should also be covered. And that is how I would say, in addition to our team instruction of trap outside, that is how you could create a wide-pressing trap in against the back four, just like that, using one player instruction... And the fact he's a pressing forward defend, what that does is when 
once it breaks down, he will still now make decisions to go and press midfield players and go and help the team defensively because he's also pressing forward defend. So you've got a nice like balance of the role. It's not ideally the, the one that I would maybe go to as a, as a base, but for this purpose, it works. It works pretty well for what we're looking to do. Nice. I'm not sure if you if this is intentionally, but again, like we know that the defensive winger is going to be high pressing, even the pressing forward, but the shadow striker as well. If we read it here, into goal scoring positions as the ball moves into the final third and looks to close down opposing defenders when out of possession. So again, like he said, once he's trapped him on one side of the pitch or once you trapped the opposite opposition on one side of the pitch, you've got the shadow striker and the defensive winger. Naturally, they are aggressive off the ball. So it's all complementary to the high press that Jack has set up here. Brilliant. Okay. And I guess any more any more personalised instructions that might be worth considering at this point? So if you're playing against most top teams in the world, they're going to have midfield three, right? So what have we done there? We've taken out, effectively, a midfield player. If we call the shadow striker midfield player. He's now pressing the centre-back. So he's left the midfield units and he's left a spare player in the middle. So how do we, how do we you know, fix this issue? So what um, I've seen Pep's teams, teams do in real life is the opposite winger will then move into the centre and become like the third midfield player. So if we click on the inside forward attack and we click on edit. Now, this is a risky one, but we'll do it anyway. Click mark specific position. And let's just click midfield centre. So we scroll down a little bit, midfield centre. Yeah. If we click that, perfect. Yeah, that's fine. Something like that for now. So depending on their, their formation, it could be any of the midfield positions. It depends on whether they're playing two central field players or one if they're using pivots, etc. But you would use your left winger now to now man-mark a midfield player. So what that should mean is that once that player is played, so if we imagine they are passing it to their left back and the player's getting locked in that side, he can now move to the middle and give us our extra third player midfield that we've lost by the shadow striker being aggressive and going in as a, as a second striker. So yeah, exactly. So that's why it would look more, maybe not exactly like that, but it would look <laughs> roughly like that. And, um, and their spare player now is the opposite fullback. And if they want to try and switch it out and get the ball up over and down, by the time that ball gets to their fullback, we should be able to shift back across, right? Yeah. So that's how I would say you can sort of like hedge your bets a little bit to make sure your pressing trap doesn't get just played through like a hot knife through butter every time. So that's, that's been <laughs> one consideration you could throw in there for if you wanted to go even more extreme and start to mess around with the player marking system. Nice. Yeah, it's blown my mind. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That last one, yeah, that last one has me thinking. <laughs> that last one has me thinking now. Because this is the thing, like I've set this sort of style tactic up before, but we've said at the start of the piece when it works and it sings it's beautiful when it goes wrong yeah. oh, it's painful it's so painful but just listening there I now understand a little bit more <laughs> thank you <laughs> how it could go wrong is multiple ways there are multiple ways this could go wrong we're talking about is if it's all going to work right that that is it if it works if it doesn't work what you could end up with is the pressing forward's too late so they play to the centre back anyway and they play straight to the right back that you've left because your left winger's gone to the middle so there's different ways you can get shredded by it as well but yeah that's if it works that's how it would look but there's multiple ways yeah. that kind of moves us on to the next part what sort of players do we need for the system then because Obviously, like you just said, there's going to be flaws, so you can't just play anyone, especially as a pressing forward. You're going to want someone that's aggressive and high teamwork and high work rate. So I guess we can kind of start from the back again, the back line, the sort of plays that we would want in certain positions, the important ones, especially like an inverted wing back. Not everybody can play that role. I think it depends on the level you're playing at, right? So if you're playing in the National League, you don't need uh, Cancelo for, to, to be able to play as a wing back. <laughs> I would say that uh, the, the inverted wing back, I, I'm a big fan of making sure that they have uh, positioning and acceleration because they are the ones that have to do the biggest, I think, diagonal runs on transition. So if they're in the centre yeah. of the field 
and it gets played into their channel, they've got to run diagonally back like 20, 30 yards. And if, if they've got at least as much acceleration as the player that this ball's played to, it gives them a chance, right? So I would say um, you're looking at like a, a car walker would be the absolute prototype for the right back role here for me. Uh, for the left one, I, I, I personally, so this is a question on FM a lot. If I'm using an inverted fullback or inverted wingback, sorry, do they have to be the same foot? Like, for example, if he's a right back, does he have to be right footed? Can he be left footed? Now, me personally, I prefer him still to be the same foot, the same side as a fullback. Same. But th- there is a school of thought from some people on the on the forums and stuff that they like to have their inverted fullbacks. And it would give you a completely different outlook of how your attacks build because if they're left footed going to the middle, their vision's completely different of what they can execute as opposed to being right footed, right? So, yeah, that's uh, that's me- that's just that's just me personally though. And then for this- complete wingback, the same. So go on, Aaron. Yeah, there's, there's, sorry, there's kind of two things with me that the reason why my right inverted wingback would be right footed is he defends on that side. So I want him to defend on his stronger foot. But also, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, make sure you go check it out to search the stars. I like to play central midfielders as inverted wingbacks. So I like my right footed. So he's essentially just going to be a right sided uh, pivot or right sided central midfielder. So again, I kind of want my right sided uh inverted wing back here to be right footed because he's essentially going to be still using his right foot a lot and it's not necessarily I want him cutting inside on his left foot to play inside I still want him to be kind of that midfielder on the right hand side okay and if we're talking about players moving into that middle of the pitch we're looking at like a roaming playmaker um personally I've used someone like like a Pogba maybe to sort of fit that role would that be a reasonable blueprint or everything but work right yeah I would say uh, I think I can't what his work rate is in the game that isn't a shot of Pogba in real life, by the way. That was a shot. That was a, a, in, in an game, analysis. In game, in game yeah. <laughs> that was an analysis of Pogba's work rate attribute in the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the work rate attribute, I would say, could be potentially uh, an issue. And teamwork as well, because teamwork can, can dictate a lot on how they apply your instructions to and yeah. how they carry out your philosophy right in the game. So if you're asking him to to not dribble and he, you know, he's got terrible, and their player's got terrible teamwork. <laughs> they might decide that oh, I, I can dribble, so I'm just going to do it. So you've got to, you've got to factor that in. Pogba's were pretty good. If you give me Pogba with maybe slightly a work rate, I'd say that's not a bad, that's not a bad shout. Um, maybe yeah. for this specific tactic, you might want a player who doesn't have gets for whenever possible because that triggers them to make more forward runs, more attacking runs. And if we yeah. have them offset, especially to where, to the left centre mid sort of slot, we don't want them going too much into the inside forward space. If they were offset, like we had them a second ago. So I would say, I would say, yeah. Or Roman playmakers. I mean, you could use anybody really. You could use like a, like a De Bruyne. You could use like a, a Nicola Barella, somebody like that. Uh, although he has, he does, to be fair, he does have the more aggressive traits as well. Maybe not so much for this tactic, Barella, because he's got moves into ta- channels and he's got gets for whatever possible. So yeah, yeah. I do think this role kind of is the most important to get right because it's, He's obviously roaming as well, so he needs to time his roaming <laughs> movements perfectly. So things like decision-making, anticipating the game, off-the-ball movement. Possibly this is the most difficult role in this uh, formation to get right, get, to get the player right, I think. I, I think you're right. It's But I think in real life, we've seen Bernardo Silva many times this year be the one that goes to the back line and gets it off of the defence. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's, I'm not trying to be too generic by saying like a De Bruyne, but it's like you could literally use almost any type of player it depends on the rest, yeah. of the rest of the system. The Roman playmaker role, what, what I think is really good about it is you've got to understand he's going to be the one that attracts the ball. If he's the only playmaking role, which he is for us, he's going to be attracting the ball in both thirds. Or, or yeah. three, sorry, in the both end thirds, so the defensive third and second third, right? They're going to look to seek him out. So you need a player that can have maybe have good composure at playing up from the back, but maybe he has got a good first touch and he can dribble. I think dribbling is actually 
the most important Good thing point. for a central yeah. field player because if he gets the ball in a tight space and there's a player near him and he's got maybe 10 dribbling, there's a really good chance he won't decide to dribble and he'll just play it to somebody else. If he's got a high yeah. dribbling, there's a chance that he might take it on and then he'll succeed. And that can make a big difference if, if you know, five out of the 10 times you play in the ball in a contested area, he can now take it past that midfield player. That's a really good asset to have in central midfield. So I would say, I'd say dribbling is the most underappreciated attribute for a playmaking role, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, similar with me. I say dribbling and balance because obviously you would need the balance once you're on the ball to kind of fend off the challenges. So yeah, I agree. Dribbling and balance for me. Okay. So that's the midfield areas. And if we get up to the top of the pitch, let's finish off this Frankenstein's monster, shall we? Uh, we've mentioned <laughs> a little bit about, about a pressing forward on defend. What other players would we get in that attacking personnel that we quite like? And then we can start to look to wrap up and try and work out how we do this ourselves. Pressing forward, defend. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> there's if you want the prototype would just be someone like Haaland because he's got everything absolutely everything in, in yeah abundance. exactly yeah <laughs> but, but if, if we go slightly lower down the leagues let's take the championship I know Aaron loves this player a lot and somebody I've used myself um, oh, yes. I think Adam Ida is probably the best oh, option you oh. can have because he's he's six foot three he's, he's quick he's got good enough dribbling and, and finishing for his level and that's the important thing right it's, it's scale to your level so it's um, like yeah. Carlin's got 17 acceleration and, and the rest of it. You just need to scale it to where you're at. So Adam Ida is almost like a championship prototype of that that profile of player, right? Um, yeah. And so I think someone like Adam Ida would be would be an excellent player for the pressing forward defender role. Patrick Bamford would be a good fit as well if you're if you're struggling for a proper false nine type player, like a Pep false nine kind of striker. That's another type of player maybe you could go to for a lower league Premier League and championship kind of player. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to stick another tick in the box for Adam Ida as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, legend. My um, speaking of legends, Jack, you are officially friend of the show. Thank you so much for this advanced tactical breakdown. We will, of course, be welcoming any comments on this, which I'm sure we will have uh, via Twitter. Many, many questions. Um, but that's it for today. Uh, Jack Serres from Sports Interactive, friend of the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. No problem. You're listening to the Football Manager Show from The Athletic. The January transfer window has just slammed shut. And if you want to catch up on all the ins and outs from transfer guru David Ornstein, then The Athletic is the place for you. And if you've never subscribed before, you can currently get an Athletic subscription for £1.99 a month for 12 months. How do I do this, I hear you ask? Visit theathletic.com forward slash FM pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash FM pod. It's community challenge correspondence time. And for that, we say hello to producer Steve. Hello, producer Steve. Hello, chaps. How are you? Very well. Very well. Thank you. Are you good? I'm well, I'm well. I say, how are you? As if we haven't been just speaking for the past half an hour. I didn't know how to answer that question. It's a weird one. What do you say? I don't know. Actually, not great, actually. So, brings us like dampener down on things. <laughs> Obviously, we need to do a quick little uh, run through of the community challenge. We're up to season two, by the way. Well done for everyone who's finished season one last week. I'm still in a huff by the way, after last week's uh, playoff misery for myself. And, and I'll be honest, uh, Steve and Aaron, 
I, I still haven't touched it. I'm still very angry about it. I need to go back. I've been ill this week, so I need to go back into it. But um, but we'll find out that some people have been doing fantastic work in season two yes. uh, at Sheffield Wednesday. We will quickly confirm the rules and the tiers before we go further. Of course, we have a platinum tier as part of our challenge, which is get to the Premier League in three seasons, signing only players and staff from Yorkshire. And before you get into the Premier League, you need to win a cup to get into Europe. Very, very few of us will achieve uh, platinum, <laughs> I presume. Uh, the gold standard is get to the Premier Leagues in three seasons, having only signed players and staff from Yorkshire. Silver tier, Premier League in five seasons. Sign whoever you want. I might be on for that one, actually. Um, and then bronze <laughs> is take your time, chill out, be free, don't get sacked. Actually, mm -hmm. maybe bronze might be a little bit more uh, <laughs> for me at this point. Aaron, do you want to do you want to clarify a couple of the key rules for us? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You can only sign Yorkshire men as players and staff. We follow the grandparent rule. If the player has a grandparent or parent that was born in Yorkshire, or indeed they themselves were born in Yorkshire, you can sign them. Or if they've been at a club for five seasons, they can take the Yorkshire citizenship. For an example, Barry Bannon. There you go. And Aaron has supplied us with some filters. Uh, that will help you with your scouting on the full VAT version of the game. They can be found in our Discord, which, of course, has the link in the show descriptions. Now, as I say, I've been ill this week, so I haven't really sort of gone back and, and sort of gone back to the, to the playoff defeat. But Addy in our Discord has done better than I've done because they got the title with £500,000 worth of transfers £30,000 worth of wages with two key players unhappy because they wanted a wage increase. That will be a, something we're going to talk about a little bit later as <laughs> we go through. Um, they went to the wire and finally won the title on the last day of the season. Moving into season two, they've actually done a lot better than that because they are flying right now. Start of season two, they're up there in the upper echelons of the championship not in league one and going great guns and they've now got a derby against recently relegated leeds united to look forward to so that Oof. is going to be very exciting addy let us know how you get on at the end of season two and i should say as well we have of course international listeners which i found out much to my uh own bemusement in discord this week <laughs> when you got in touch and asked about is there any particular way to start the save? For example, is it just English leagues or can you have other leagues loaded in? Now, if you're doing uh, the platinum or the gold standard, you don't need anything other than English leagues because that's all we're going to be looking at is Yorkshire players. Of course, play the game how you want if you want to do silver and, and uh, bronze. Uh, or if you have a, a lower quality laptop, then maybe you only just have that English league loaded in. I had uh, said that's, you know, good morning as my response. Turns out they were from New Zealand. So evening, you Welcome in. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so there you go. <laughs> that's us in there. So um, definitely worth having a look at in terms of your laptop's capabilities. Yes. Over on Twitter, Tom RH at Tom RH number 10. Tony and RDF, bit late to the community challenge. You're never too late. You are never too late, listeners. But starting now, this Yorkshire thing looks brutal. So I'm just scouting these under 21 and trusting my existing squad. It's not, it's not a bad plan, but make sure you are checking out their birth of place, obviously. 
Awesome. Thanks from Tom RH there. We're just another confirmation of the rules here, which um, at some point we should write them down somewhere. <laughs> that feels like something that producers probably do, doesn't it? But there you go. Regular contributor to the uh, correspondence, the manager has asked, another thing for the rules police, what are the rules for contract renewals? Does a player, if non-Yorkshire born, need to have been at the club for four or five years to count, i.e. therefore need to be an informal citizen of Yorkshire to be renewed? Or as long as they were at the club at the start of the challenge, can you renew the contract? So, Tony, what was your... You tackled this, didn't you? I figured contract renewals are fine. I figured that if they're already at the club, then we can't expect you to to sell all those players off. So yeah. if they're at the club, yes, you can re-sign their contracts. Also, for youth intake, if you get players coming through who aren't necessarily from Yorkshire, we're not going to punish you for those. You're allowed to have those youth intake <laughs> players. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we are. If the player is already there... You can re-sign them to a new contract mm-hmm. if they will, though, because contracts <laughs> are tricky when you are still in League One. On mm. my own, everyone else is having a lovely time in the championship. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Aaron, you got promoted, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was a weird. My one was a weird story. I mean, we lost eight games. Seven of those were away from home. Very frustrating. But oh. we did get promoted with ninety four points. Ninety four points. Oh, we lost the last game of the season. I was going. Yeah, I was going absolutely mad. So we wanted the promotion party. Alex Martin, he scored in the twenty sixth minute. Then Derby ended up winning that game four one. I was fuming. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Couldn't believe. So was it, it. second place promotion um, as opposed to the the title or? Oh no, it was a title. We so we we finished first. It was a title, but it's it's the last game of the season. We're at home. It's party time. Aaron, man, I think you need to sort of take the sort of wider perspective a bit. You just, <laughs> you're talking about winning the title on ninety four points, ah, uh, and yet you're raging at. Oh mate, don't sweat the small stuff in that position. I don't want to set. I don't want to set that tone for the championship. I don't sure. want to get. I don't want to set that tone. And then the first game of the championship, we lose four one as well. Do you mean like the championship campaign begins now? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, right? It's that sort of lads. It's still nil nil sort of thing. See, I, I, I appreciate that you're upset that you've not, you know, won your final game as the champions. But for me, I was just glad to see out all of the games. Like this season, <laughs> my, my expectation was much lower. Just can we fulfil our control? Contractual obligations. Yes, we can. Good. There you go. It's that and we was unbeaten at home. Don't lose it on the last game. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the problem, like, being an Arsenal fan of a certain generation, though. Like, the invincible generation. You have unrealistic statistical expectations. It's like, okay, you've won a league title, but it wasn't unbeaten, was it? So that's terrible, therefore. I'm sure the fans still had a great day, Aaron. That's what we got to do. Still that party <laughs> Hopefully they did. And, and, you know, you've got the championship to look forward to um one thing i should point out as well Aaron, while you were ill last week <laughs> i had to step up <laughs> and offer tactical advice okay get it bear in mind that i'd already said prior to the advice being given <laughs> that i'd lost in the playoffs matt taylor who you may remember from last week who was at gauge 100 on twitter asked me for tactical advice going into oh. a playoff final oh i hope what i gave was good um matt has of course been back in touch and said, hi, Tony, thanks for looking at my tactics on the pod. I didn't win in the end. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It ended 3-3 and lost on penalties. You did say practice penalties, though, Steve. But we go again, and I've changed it up a little bit for next season. Three games in, two wins, one loss at the minute. So... All is not lost. There's more feedback, Tony, for your tactics. <laughs> S Newport 01 on Twitter. Just listen to the pod. Thank you, Sean. 
Awesome as always. Again, thank you, Sean. Lofiego was personalised because my other wing back was a complete wing back on support who fared even worse. He also had stay wider, which now doesn't seem smart based on your advice. Listening to what producer Steve said, I've decided to try him as an inverted wing back for this year to see if it makes any difference. The deep line playmaker was a ball winning midfielder for my first five or six seasons, but then we got better and Espinosa came along and I couldn't bring myself to make him tackle. <laughs> so a bit of context on this one as well. Obviously, Sean messaged in last week with his Bristol City save. And Lofiego was the only player who was not averaging seven and above. Um, so a bit like we were saying earlier. season. Exactly that. So play, you know, a bit like Aaron complaining about you know losing one game. But, you know, it's those marginal gains. The marginal gains are what we're taught to look for, aren't they, with this game? So I, I do understand it at the same time. Do let us know, Sean, as that Bristol City season progresses, whether that change has happened. And I think the main lesson we really should take away from the past two correspondents that we've just heard is about listening to me, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. We should also say as well that Sean has included some screenshots of the players that we're talking about as well. And you know what? Espinosa, he, yeah, he's a baller. He is an absolute baller. Give give him the ball and let him do things. But Lafiego, for me... I, I look at his attributes. I can see why he's not of the level of Espinosa. Is all I'm saying. But he might, he may well develop. So, and again, yeah, you've still won the quintuple. <laughs> so, can't not to be sniffed at. Away from the all-conquering Bristol City side of Sean's save, we have Ian, who's at Ian L three one five. He, for his sins, uh, which I'm sure Adam Harry on Football Clichés, our sort of cousin podcast, will appreciate there very much. Ian has started a save unemployed and ended up, of all the football clubs in all of the worlds, all of the saves he could have ended up at, <laughs> he's Sunderland. Um, which, you know, and he also said, good podcast this week, Tony, which obviously means he's paid the tolls that he comes in. So Ian, <laughs> our thoughts are with you. At this difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Sunderland comes to us at, at some point. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing well though. Um, IRL at the moment though, so you know. Oh yeah, I was gonna say they're yeah. pretty exciting team to watch as well. Watch them in the FA Cup. Yeah, and yeah, pretty exciting. We do have some, a message from Woolwich as well. Um, in the Discord, anyone else having major issues with player revolts? I stupidly started myself as a Sunday League manager, rep manager, and Bannon, Palmer, and Windass were giving me a lot of grief early doors. I feel sorry for you. Removing the captaincy from Bannon didn't help matters. I'm not sure why you did that. So they were all shipped out with me covering most of their... It's, oh, it's crumbling already. It's crumbling. You haven't even what? started and it's crumbling. <laughs> Saved Just and not. <laughs> then had two official revolts early in winter. Um, one led by Gregory and one by Dawson. Toxic atmosphere. No support for the manager or mo- from most first-teamers. Ended up putting all dissenters into the under-21s and turned it around with a few trusty loyalists and some eager youngsters. Luckily, the boys had periodically uh, dropped $4 into the coffers to help with the running costs, which consequently sees our transfer budget topped each time. Otherwise, we'd mainly be putting out the youth team. And despite all the turmoil, we're still up for promotion. All we needed was a win away to already relegated bottom place Shrewsbury, Obviously, we bottled it. <laughs> Winner takes all, although a draw <laughs> will do for us at Hillsborough against third place. Dar- oh no, Derby at home on the first day. No! Lad, cautious defend, regroup everything. Just do not concede for. <laughs> what a lovely letter. What a lovely letter. 
That sounds. <laughs> what, that just sounds incredibly stressful. Yeah. Like this is a stress-inducing game at the best of times, right? But and I feel like obviously you know certain things uh, were went against them, but a lot of the choices that they made there could have been done differently. <laughs> yeah. It was the removing Barry Bannon as captaincy that that's baffled me. But how have you loaned them out and still? you know taking all their wages as well do you know what i mean if they're good players <laughs> i think also it really stresses the importance too of right at the, you know yeah. it, there isn't really a difficulty setting on football manager but right at the beginning yeah. help yourself out with your manager you know profile choices in respects of the skills you have and a type of you know style that you want to be and we have if you go further back down the feed done that kind of maximizing your dynamic manager stats yeah. right at the beginning to learn because this is what happens if you don't <laughs> It feels very Brian Clough turning up yeah. the leads, doesn't it? Like just, just angling everyone, <laughs> starting fights with people and going, "All oh, right, yeah, you'll, you'll all see, you'll all see," and and somehow they do. Like fair play, Woolrich, to go to that final game against Derby. I think we're all rooting for you. There is one thing I want to know. I wonder if he's getting fined each game for having just the Sunday League manager qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the greatest link I have ever heard, Aaron. That is oh, thank you, thank you. I was working on that for about two minutes in my head. Aaron, officially the ball-playing midfielder, the deep-lying playmaker of the podcast. Shout out, by the way, to everybody, and we mean everybody who got in touch this week to tell us about Will Still, the current Reims manager in France, and how he basically got the job because he plays football manager incredible story if you haven't heard the story go and and check it out it's a great story and for those people asking can we get him on the pod who knows we'll try our best i mean he's clearly very busy at the minute and uh (laughs) as you say he might have some studying to do so we'll see if we can get him in um yeah (laughs) we shall try we shall try and um and more importantly so more importantly and and also we should stress as well at the time of recording, the transfer window has slammed shut for teams in the UK. Deals have been done. Records have been broken. Most of us have been signed by Chelsea. <laughs> but the standout <laughs> transfer of the entire window goes to Atletico Madrid, completing <laughs> the signing of football manager show, Hall of Famer, and certified most versatile player in FM, Matt Doherty. Absolute scenes, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so for a bit of context as well, in, in, in terms of if people didn't see sort of IRL what happened, Matt Doherty, was it the final day or penultimate day of the transfer window where sort of rumours were starting to swirl of him going to Let's Go Madrid? It was, it was the final, final yeah, day. The final day, yeah, hours. yeah. Yeah. Final hours. This was due to be a loan, but Spurs had loaned out eight players already, so they were at their <laughs> maximum. So what they had to do was cancel his contract to allow him to leave to Atletico Madrid on a free transfer. Now, as has been said before in this pod, as someone who doesn't necessarily have the full grasp of the admin and registration and all this sort of stuff within the game and the cost of players' careers that comes with that, I can't really talk about not really being around those rules and your administration, but it's not my real life job. (laughs) (laughs) So cut some slack a little bit. (laughs) So an actual real life, to have not realised that you've got eight players out and then you can't loan out anymore. Mad. And then to have to just cut him, just terminate his contract. So Madrid was obviously sat there going, right, okay, we'll have him on loan. 
And then Tottenham went, you are going to have to take him permanently. <laughs> and then for it to be, okay, we'll, we'll give him for free. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But it's just sort of the most mic- versatile player in FM. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the, more, the most interesting thing is going to be is where is Diego Simeone going to play him? Clearly everywhere, <laughs> obviously. Best of luck to Matt Doherty, who will be playing in every conceivable position <laughs> between now and and the end of the La Liga season where he yeah. will inevitably win the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> we should say as well, just on Will Still and uh, Reims, Ram, not sure. One of those is right or less wrong. <laughs> Obviously, the big thing for them, that's they're currently sitting in 11th in Liga. They finished 14th the season before as well. And um, they have following Balogun, the young English slash American citizen he's not yet decided which international side he'll he's not yorkshire is he no he's not he's very much <laughs> and he was thinking get him on loan i'm afraid <laughs> he's eligible for many places but unfortunately yorkshire's not oh, I, although, mm, I don't I, not actually no but he has scored 11 in, in real life 16 appearances sorry 19 in total three from the bench 11 goals one assist he's 21 years of age it's a really good story actually it's a great example of a club that have just gone because also Will still doesn't technically have the as as was mentioned by Aaron doesn't have the sufficient managerial qualifications to the point where Reims are being fined twenty two thousand pounds every game that he manages because he doesn't have the qualifications but it's evidently so far working for them mm. and we were trying to work out and again maths isn't my strong point believe it or not <laughs> Steve but I was trying to work out I don't even know if they've got a player who's earning twenty odd grand. A week so they're essentially adding an extra player to their, sal- to their salary every every week because mm. will still must be worth it so you know what shout out to him he's doing a fantastic job and uh yeah we'll all look out for reams ream rem room <laughs> however we get to the pronouncing it's definitely not the last one all i can say is obviously as, as, as fans of the game of we all are seeing someone who's gone from so the background to will still as well is that he's mentioned that he played football manager a lot and that's sort of how he got into the wide professional game which we have seen in a couple of instances and in some of the scouts that we've spoken to on the show for example too so his story of going from the simulated game of football manager into professional football management does show that reams can come true oh (laughs) (laughs) that was uh, that was lovely that's class it's a new football manager save right there now thank you <laughs> oh my oh. god that's beautiful I don't think I should say anything else now that's it yeah I find that's the end of the show now that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks everyone it's been great <laughs> I am former professional comedian Tony James <laughs> <laughs> oh outstanding outstanding right send us your reams based puns please <laughs> Yes. I'm expecting lots to do with uh, printer paper. Uh, please send us any Reams-based puns and general correspondence via Twitter to ourselves. I'm at Tony Jameson. It's at RDF Tactics as well. If you have any longer correspondence, please make sure those come in to Ian McIntosh at imacintosh at theathletic.com. Remember, the Tactics Garage is here as well to help you. If you need some assistance with a tactic, tweet us a screenshot of it. And more importantly, tell us what is wrong with it so we can try and help. And of course, the FM confessional is waiting 
for you. And that was the Football Manager Show from The Athletic. Your guest today was Jack Serres from Sports Interactive. Your co-host was RDF Tactics. Your producer was producer Steve Hankey. And I am Tony Jameson. Take care, stay safe. We'll see you soon. The Athletic.